I've produced projects. So eventually evolved into a filmmaker who still acts in other people's projects, especially my own. <laughs> I had the good yeah, I had the good fortune of meeting uh Shaquita who plays my love interest in Switch That Love on a film that I was uh playing the lead role in in Birmingham, Alabama called Nobody's Angels. I met her there. And um, I was also a co-producer on that one. And when I saw that Switch That Love, there was a breakdown for it. And I knew uh, Shaquita. I reached out to her. And I was like, hey, do you remember me from Nobody's Angels? I'd love a chance to read for this project. And she invited me to audition. I submitted, and I wound up getting the role. And it was a really fun, you know, two, three, I don't remember. It was like maybe a month-long shoot. I had a great time. We filmed down in Atlanta. I got to meet Jamal. I made a, a ton of the cast there, which was just a blast. Just a, a great mix of people, fun, all different personalities, lots of laughter, a lot of good times, and uh, the end result is the film that you see, uh, which we're very proud of. That's cool. And w- did you like movies when you were a kid? I mean, how did, or were you a theater guy? Um, how did you start with your inspiration uh, to be an actor and a writer? Yeah, I, it, it, it definitely began... Uh, with, with, with TV and, and film. I mean, I, I guess you just kind of, you know, lean heavily into what you're interested in as a child. And as a child, I was into sports and I was into movies and I was into TV. So that's why probably to this day, I'm, I'm, I, I watch movies and I'm an actor and then I work out like crazy. You know, things that you've developed as a, as a young child, that, that those are foundation and it becomes this. And I used to write a lot when I was younger too, whether it was journaling or my own stories. And that eventually you know, evolved into, you know, writing uh, scripts and, and uh, even even a book that I'm trying to, to, to write myself one day, a, a, a biography, autobiography. So I, I think it all depends on, as a child, what you're doing and what you're into, and then you see it eventually evolve, especially if you're being nurtured. And I have parents who were very nurturing, and they were like, yeah, follow your dreams, follow your passions, which is a big motto of mine when I meet other people who have dreams and passions that, that – express how do you get into it or how do I do it or, you know, it, it, do we have a chance? Yes, everybody has a chance to fulfill their dreams and passions, and I'm, and I'm an advocate of that. I think that's really important to have parents that are, like, open to you exploring whatever vista you want to explore. Jamel, um, was your parents like that, too, just really open to... Uh, you being a musician or an actor or uh, whatever you were going to be? You know, they were, they supported it, but, you know, I could tell, at least my mom, my dad, he was a little bit more kind of like, hey, just do your thing, man, as long as you put your all into it, it's cool. My mom, she definitely kind of had an idea for my life way back then, and so, you know, she was always big on school. She wanted me to go to college. Like, it was just not a negotiable in my house at all. Um, so she knew what, that I was into music and acting, but, you know, I won't say she didn't support it, but it was kind of like, oh, that's something he's having fun with while he, you know, goes and get his real education. That was kind of her mindset, so, which, you know, I'm not mad at these days, but at the time, I was like, come on, Mom, I want to be an actor, or, you know, whatever, but, <laughs> hey. I, I think that's normal, I, though. I, you know, I mean, you, 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 your parent wants the best for you, but... Um, it, but as long as she supports you in doing your thing, even if she thinks it's just fun, that's all you right. need. Right. Absolutely. 
I, I think I think I think most parents that were not uh, raised in the entertainment industry, I think they all think like that because mm-hmm. as much as my parents were supportive, they definitely were like, well, how long are you gonna stick doing this? And, and what's your what's your three year plan? What's your five year plan? What are you gonna do after this is done? Right. And it's like, who says I'm gonna be done? I don't know how much longer I'm gonna I don't know how long I'm gonna keep doing this. And you just kind of keep at it. Right. But if you but if you have parents that are in it. I think then, you know, uh, their connections become your connections, and, and that's a whole different thing there. Or maybe they see something differently. So, yeah, uh, you know, support is one thing, but also they have, they have a, that realistic bar of like, well, you, you'll, you'll go back and get and do a nine-to-five job at some point soon. You know, so I did have that happen as well. But in the meanwhile, they were supportive as long as I was into it. So right. yeah, so Jamal, I'm, I'm with you in the same thing. We 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 get it. We understand. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh my 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 parents were very much into you're going to college. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. but at the same time, my dad drove me to my auditions when I was when I was I I went I was an actress in the 80s, um, and my dad drove me to all my auditions. So as much as he I, wanted me to get my degree. He also was there to support me for doing my dream. So, sort of like this. So, so you understand just like the of the, the Jamal and myself. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're in the same boat with us, then. So welcome. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get it. I got into the boat uh, with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I will say that you know once um, things started progressing, um, she definitely became more and more supportive as. I continue to show her, like, hey, this isn't some fly-by-night thing. Like, we're in this. Um, when we were actually shooting Switch to Love, uh, uh, Danny was able to meet my mom. We went by my house for a <laughs> second to pick up something. He was able to meet my mom, and she just took this super instant liking to him. Aww. And um, she just got, like, she was already excited because she knew what he was doing. And then, like, she saw his IMDb, and it was like, oh, okay, this is the real deal. And, like, she was super <laughs> excited. So, you know, I think especially She was great. Man, She's so cool. Yeah, she just wanted to make sure, like, hey, you're not just, like, you know, sitting around doing nothing with your life. So, I understand it. But. Yeah, me too. I think I, <laughs> I think that's a good parent, you know? It just Yeah. That, that's a parent who loves their child. There's nothing at all wrong with that. Um, Absolutely. So, you um, uh, both were, were you both on the acting once you got into wanting to do film? Were you both on the acting train? Or were you on the writing train, or were you doing everything that you until you could got notice? <laughs> Danny, you want to take that one first? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll start that off. You know, I think what happens is most people when they start off younger, they they're thinking about just becoming actors. I, I this is not 100 percent, but I'm just saying, at least for me, maybe the people I had in my circle, they just wanted to act, and I get that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, People hit the lottery and, you know, maybe a weekend, a, a six months in, a year in, they may get something really big. And it's like, yeah, see, we made it. You know, we have – we and making it means they they book something really huge that's going to be a sustained work <laughs> environment forever. You know, like, you know, like people who book friends or people who get on, a, get on a film and it does really well. And also now they're working on films continuously. But a lot of us have to keep at it and at it and try to get a, a, a gig here and a gig there and – Sometimes, you know, you get three gigs in a row, great, and then maybe eight months, 
go by and you get nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it and it happens. And it has nothing to do with your talents. Nope. Now, 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 if you're not working and if you're not hustling, then yeah, then it has everything to do with your talents. But you know deep down if it's if you put in the work and you put in the best job that you could and it was good, the audition, and you didn't get the gig because it had nothing to do with you. You, you weren't tall enough. You weren't short enough. You weren't, you know, they needed a name or something. So as I was evolving, that's when I started to think to myself, why do I always have to keep relying on outside integers about me not getting gigs you know what I'm saying I know I did good but yeah there's you know 80 other people who read for the same part and you know you never know why you get a part so that's why I started trying to decide to become a filmmaker which means write more produce more so I'm still auditioning I'm still submitting my lottery ticket every time I audition hoping to get that big win but in the meanwhile I'm creating my own lottery and that's why I write. That's why I produce. That's why I try to create my own projects that I'll then put myself in, put my friends in, and now I'm in control. Nice. In the meanwhile, and that and that's I think what eventually I hope most people understand uh, is is the natural progression of things. Don't just be the person waiting by the phone hoping someone calls. Do that in the meanwhile while you're creating. Uh-huh. And guess what? Those people will be calling you for work. That's right. And that and that's and that's what I think is the natural evolution of things. Jamal, what do you think? I'm in full agreement. Um, that was definitely my story as well. I started. I think, like you said, Danny, most kids, you know, because that's what they see. You know, when you watch TV, you see the actors. You really don't see the behind the scenes as much unless you're particularly into that. So that's what you identify with. I want to be the guy on the screen. And um, it was definitely the same for me. I started off as an extra. Uh, the first movie I was an extra in was a movie called ATL starring T.I. And at the time, T.I., he was a rapper, but he was, like, just getting into acting. He was my favorite rapper in the world, and so it was just such a crazy cool experience to be able to meet him and be able to act basically right next to him as an extra, but still. And um, I enjoyed that, but like Danny mentioned, it was kind of like you keep submitting for these roles and they may or may not call you back, and it's like you kind of want to take your destiny into your own hands. And so... Same as that thing, we said, hey, we can be the ones to make the films. And um, I always say two of my biggest idols in the film world, um, Ice Cube and Seth Rogen. And that's because they both started producing their own films and they started putting themselves in the leading roles. Same for Tyler Perry. You know, basically, I'm going to produce my own films starring me and kind of have the best of both worlds. And, you know, that's something that I plan to, to do myself, so... Yeah. Which is not planned, you are doing it. There you go, there you go. <laughs> Appreciate that, Danny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of confidence and talent to do it, but it also, it's luck. You know, you don't know, even even when you're doing your own creating, it, it's it's not, it, it, it's luck. There's a lot, there, there, it's a balance. It's you working your butt off and somebody giving you a break. No, I mean that 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 is correct when it comes to auditioning and acting, but you do have a little more control when you're creating. Now, now then you're at the mercy of the people who are then contributing to your budget. You know, the executive producers, the people, the investors. So now, so now you're that's a whole other medium, that's a whole other animal there. You know, so. 
but you being creative, that's you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can you can you can you can pick up your phone and shoot a very awesome short film that you can submit to, you know, uh, one of thousands of festivals out there that are looking for people to showcase their abilities there, and you, it doesn't need be it doesn't need to be any more than three minutes. It could be between three and twenty minutes, and you have your phone, which is a very capable camera. Yep. There's plenty of people around you who are equally as creative, who are you know, lighting, who know how to do sound, who know how to have the cameras, have whatever. So you have the community around you and you could be making a lot of projects things and hopefully somebody out there will see it and go, this 10 minute short you made was fantastic. I wonder how you would do with a bigger budget. Let's make it. What Or what other stories do you have? Let's film it. So, and that's, the, that's a good uh, point, Danny. Be prepared. Have your stories already. You know, be have the stuff there. So when that opportunity comes, you're ready. Uh, you should always try to be ready. I mean, I, it's such a cliched statement, but, you know, when, uh, uh, luck is uh, preparation meeting opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have you heard that? But it is the truth. Yes. Yeah. You know, so so I, I know Jamal has, has his stories he's ready to film. I know he, he has ideas. And when someone approaches him, I know he'll be like, well, here's what I got. Yep. Are you ready to 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 you know make some money with me and build a dream together? Let's do it. And, and same with me. I got a ton of ideas that I've written out and am ready to do. And in the meanwhile, still auditioning. Um, yeah, you just can't give up. As long as you have a passion for it and you love what you're doing, it isn't work. We just would love to see our work come to fruition quicker sometimes. You know, yeah. and, and, and we have to learn to be patient and enjoy the process and have a life outside of this industry. That's the lesson I had to learn over my many years because I was so into this that I was forsaking going on vacations or doing this or just normal things, and, and, and I had to learn to go, you know what, when, when, I, when I punch out, it's time to punch out and let me live my life yeah. not, not worry about this. And, and that's, that's a good lesson that I'm grateful that I finally did learn. I'm sure Jamal can maybe speak on that as well. Absolutely. Um, you can burn out very quick in this industry if you don't pace yourself. And, you know, like you said, you just got to unplug from the matrix sometimes. Um, it's necessary. <laughs> and just a quick aside, because I know Danny mentioned how uh, much he likes to work out. It's crazy because Danny found time. When we were shooting Switch to Love, I think we shot over the course of maybe 19 days, maybe a little bit longer. And, I mean, this guy found time to work out every day. And it was super inspiring because I was like, oh, I want to, but I just didn't have it in me. But... He just had the discipline, and it was a habit. And he woke up, whether he did it before we shot or after we shot for the day, he was going to find time to work out. So, you know, kudos to that, Danny. That was super inspiring, man. Super. I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate your kind words. Um, you know, I, I, I try not to be one that ever preaches, but I hope that I can always lead by example, uh, whether it's acts of kindness or habits that I do. Uh, and if someone asks about it, I'm happy to talk to them about it. But, you know, me working out, that's, that's the thing my dad instilled in me. He, I used to see him jog uh, and train, and he would bring me as a little as a little guy with him and, you know, you know do sports. And it just, again, it became a foundational thing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, something that, you know, I will find time to do. And, you know, in a 24-hour day, you'd be surprised how much of it you spend just sitting around doing nothing. And yeah. nowadays, with social media, you know, you could spend 10, 20 hours a week just scrolling, liking posts, yep. you know? I, 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 I took a, a, little, a, little, a little personal thing about me. I took a little break off of Instagram, for example, like four months ago, four or five, was it five months already? Time flies. 
just I decided to take a break because I wanted to focus on my writing and just getting, you know, doubling down on what I needed to do. Because when I added up all the hours of me just scrolling on Instagram, I was like, I'm spending two hours a day just liking posts. And that's 10 hours I could be doing writing. Or those days I don't feel like working out, saying I have no time to do it. I go, yes, you do. You spend two hours scrolling, add that time, and go go work out or go you know, meditate, which I do every day. So you always will find time if you are motivated and you really want something, you can do it. Yeah, with my personal relationship with social media, it's very much a love-hate thing. So, you know, because I know, like, fundamentally, um, you know, it helps to be on. It helps to show up when you're trying to build a brand. So I do have my weeks where I just be on it, posting regularly and responding to comments and doing a great job. But then I, like, have the opposite effect a few weeks later where I don't even want to log in. I don't even want to see the app on my phone. It's just, like, no social media this week. And that's just kind of how I've been doing for <laughs> the last couple of years. I, I think that's strong. I think what you're doing there is right. I mean, I'm not recommending people take a, a complete, you know, right. diet of it and go, not, don't be a part of it. Uh, you know, a week on, a week off, I mean, that's strong. It, yeah. it, it, you know that for that week that you're off, you have all that extra time. Yeah. What are you going to do that's constructive? And that's just like a, a thing for Jamal, but anybody out there that's going, I don't have time to do whatever. You'd be surprised how much time you actually do have in, in, in a day. You know, whether it's just 30 minutes of writing or, oh, I don't have time to work out. You don't have 30 minutes in a 24-hour day? 30 minutes. Right. Three, time, three times a week. Of course you do. You know, or, or to read that script. Well, I don't have time to read the whole script. Well, when they read 30 pages of it. And then the next day, read 30 pages of it. You be, I mean, you can get so much done, but people find ways to procrastinate. And it's, um, if you have a passion for something, you will find a way. That's the bottom line. That's right. I just also think that if you are somebody who's focused on doing certain things, like I write, I do these interviews, I um, I have a radio play show, I do all kinds of different things. You have to focus your your time, and I also love to read. So I have one friend awesome. who's, who one friend goes, "How do you read? How do you have time to read?" I go, "You make it." <laughs> Very like that. Yep. Um, now, the the beginnings of your movie. How did that start? I'll leave that. I'll leave Jamal to answer that because he was he was involved way before I I got involved. Yes. So, um, how did we get started with Switch That Love? Um, so, the last movie that we had shot before Switch That Love. It was a horror movie called Truth or Double Dare. It was like your classic slasher-type film. And, you know, after coming off of that, we decided that we wanted to do something with a little bit more levity, you know, a little bit more lighthearted, you know, funny. We wanted to do something funny. And I honestly, at this point, because that would have had to have been maybe 2018, maybe even late 2017, I can't remember the exact discussion that got us on that path. But I just know we started talking about a funny movie where uh, these two couples switch, and we laid out the skeleton. And um, Marcus, that's my uh, partner. He's also the director. Well, I'm sorry. He's the executive producer of um, Switch That Love and the writer. And he just started working out the story, and, you know, we had a script. And it was hilarious, and we said, this is it. Because we've written a couple of scripts that we didn't go immediately into production with for different reasons. Uh, maybe it was just, you know, this is kind of money intensive. We don't have a budget. Or maybe 
we just didn't want to make the same movie back to back, like you know, two horror movies back to back. But um, Switch to Love just checked off all the boxes, and we moved forward with it. That's great. It was awesome. <laughs> and did and when you guys started uh, doing the um, production, the pre-production mm-hmm. and then production, it was it was mm-hmm. it like a smooth path, or were you bouncing from thing to thing? How does that work for you? This was by far the smoothest um, because, you know, we learned. We learned from each of our previous times. Like, each time it got better and better. So for this go-around, we had a pretty tight system. Um, you know, after the script was made, we locked in the locations. Um, eventually we got the casting, and it was just super smooth. And then once we casted and got the, the, the cast locked in, something that we – didn't do as much as we should in the previous round films before Switch to Love. We didn't do like, we don't feel like we did enough rehearsals and table reads and like just letting the cast get the kind of chemistry that they need so it's believable on screen. So for this film, we made sure all of that was in place and it just, it all just worked out beautifully. That's a, that's always an interesting thing. Um, in modern film and television, the rehearsal period is very much shortened. I'm glad to hear that you guys put in, you, you plated in some time for rehearsal because I think that's, it's when you bond, it's when everything starts working. It's when you know what right. to put in and what to throw out. Uh, did you have any surprises during the rehearsal period? Um, nah, not, not really surprises. Everything went about as smooth as we could have hoped for and planned for. It was funny because uh, I think the first table read we had, um, or maybe it was the second one, but I know Danny hadn't made it to Atlanta yet because we were like maybe two days away from production. So he was still in L.A. and he was um, basically on his laptop. Like we were all together. Everybody who was here in Atlanta were together in the same space. And Danny was here on his laptop because he wasn't in Atlanta. And it was just like, oh, I like that. That was, that was really good dedication. And so he had his laptop, he read his lines, we went through the table read, and yeah, everything just went smooth. Everyone was awesome. That was, that was, a, that was a fun memory uh, with <laughs> that, that table read. I, um, I do remember that uh, one of the cast members, Jackie, Jackie O, she's, uh, she plays Ariel, mm-hmm. we were talking that when I was over there filming, and she said, you know, I, I can't do her accent or how she speaks, but she's such, she's such, she's such a... Uh, an awesome person and a character and then she's such a great energy she's like you know i knew that we were doing something really good when uh i saw you at the table read and you were being you were friendly in the beginning but then when you got into your character and you started reading i was like oh crap i, I gotta bring my a-game here because he ain't joking yeah, and, and i was like oh that's awesome I, I appreciated that i mean i just you know when it comes to work i work but trust me i want to be the first one to laugh with you in between takes have a good time, hang out afterwards, and uh, but when it comes to work, I want, I'm like, know your lines, you know, develop the character, and let's get some rehearsals in, let's figure this out, you know, how do we make each other look better? What do you need from me? So uh, that's what this that's what this cast was about, man, and it was such an eclectic group of people, and they were all we're all about trying to help each other out, how we can make each other better. It was great. Yep. You know, and Jamal helped with that, too. Being the director also was very open to giving suggestions mm-hmm. and also 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 open to listening to suggestions as well. 
Um, I, you know, one thing I appreciated about about Jamal was there, there was a couple scenes as the script is evolving, and it wasn't maybe following 100% what the script was and what we needed because maybe we were losing locations or, you know, we realized we needed something more here as the script was going along, <laughs> and he trusted me to, you know, there were a couple scenes that, that I, I kind of like wrote really fast mm-hmm. and kind of cleaned up. Remember the scene in the in the backdrop with the three girls talking about, you know, you know, they're all in their bikinis. Like that was yeah. a scene that I, I expanded on that, you know, well, Marcus wrote was fantastic. Right. But we knew we needed to expand on it and we, and, and you trusted me and it filmed and it came out great. And even the scene at the very end, cause we lost the location. We were supposed to film a scene in the garage yeah, and we then had to change it up, like to make it fit in the art studio. Mm-hmm. And then I took, I, I mean, it took me like, you know, because I write really fast, but it took me like 15 minutes, 20 minutes to kind of rewrite, rewrite, and kind of fit it into the mold of now we're in the art studio. And while it was there, that further evolved. And then, so I, I really appreciated that. You, you yeah. get, and I guess after working with you for three weeks, you kind of realize, you know, I'm somebody that you could trust and, and, and do something like this with. So thank you for that. That was great. Absolutely, man. Danny was amazing because, you know, like he said, I trusted him. Uh, he had some great ideas. And, um, you know, as the director, your attention is getting pulled in every direction at once. And there were a lot of days by the end of um, by the, by rap time. You know, I was just exhausted by the end of the night. And Danny might just be tweaking um, a scene, uh, you know, maybe doing some little short rewrites. And by the time I woke up that this morning, <laughs> he had it ready. And he went to go work out. I'm like, this guy has all the energy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it was, it was, it was. You were invaluable, man. So I definitely appreciate you as well. You made it very easy, and then that's also that's a big factor. I've worked with some directors, and you know, you can't say bupkis to them. You can't say anything, you know. And it's like, okay, I get it. This is that kind of that kind of production. I'll be the guy who knows my lines and be happy to be here, you know. And 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 some are just very creative so you're very much a, an actor's director you're, you're very into the creative and, and collaboration of it so made it made it very fun made what, it a lot of fun was there in, um was there like um improvisation when you guys were working yeah I th- yeah yeah it did happen enough i mean i think we we mostly followed the script out of you know the respect of that's the script and that's what marcus wrote and that's what that we're planning on filming but a lot of times it's Depending on, let's say by, you know, take three or take four, you know, you may have already what's there. You found that we were coming up with different different things uh, and, or we thought this was funny, we would continue it again. So there, there was, there was, there was improv. Well, how did you feel about it? What did you experience with that? Because I, I felt that I stayed to the script, but I improv enough after I got what you needed. I would agree. Definitely. Um... With the comedy, I was definitely cool and even encouraging, like you know, like Danny said, after like the second or third take, because you know I see things one way, um, but I always like to let the actors do their thing because you never know, like that's what they do. They're professional actors. This is their life. This is their passion. So it's sometimes fun to just kind of let them do their thing, like just 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 kind of play around with it. And we did that a couple of times, um, and you know they were it worked out good for the most part. It was uh, like the scene that I put on my directed by Jamal IG um, with you, Danny, and Shaquita, and Ralph, and Vase. Great. Um, even yeah. It to the script, but it was just these little elements of improv that y'all added in that just made it that much more natural. 
and the scene was was better for it. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, you know what makes me laugh in that scene because that, that that was that's a great example of the improv. Was uh, Ralphie, Ralphie, um, Raphael? Yes. I I said to him, uh, you know, when I when I say that good grip, say uh, yeah, I'm benching 300. Just kind of throw that in there. Yeah. And he that wasn't part of the script, but he he threw that in there, and the way he delivered it, it just makes me laugh every time I see it. You know, because uh, it just it's such a guy thing to say when someone's like, "Hey, good grip, right. Yeah, it's, it was it's just natural, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of that going around. It was it was great, a lot of fun. Makes me laugh. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now this is a comedy, so timing is everything. How do you guys balance the timings between the different styles of the different people? That's a great question. Uh, so as far as on my end, the rehearsals played a big part in that. Like I said, we rehearsed a lot from the table reads to the rehearsals before we started shooting to actually rehearsing, like, you know, just before each scene. And my style of directing is pretty easy going. So I like to, just, you know, I like to see what, what the cast does, and then I jump in when I need to to kind of like give direction when I need to. But each time we did the rehearsals, they just got better and better. So maybe we've seen things um, that, hey, let's try this instead of that. And by the time we actually shot the real take, especially by take three or take four, everything just flowed. It, it just flowed really naturally. So cause by that time, that would have been the maybe seventh or eighth time that we went through that scene. So... Between that and just trying different things for each take, it, it worked out. Cool. I, I, and I'm a big fan of, of rehearsals. I love that the Switch That Love did that, uh, especially if you're a production that doesn't have maybe the um, the budget to do seven, eight, nine takes, and we are we we can only do three takes, four takes. A rehearsal goes a long way. It, it's yeah. just absolutely beneficial. So. Um, and that's what that's where you find a lot of magic. You know what I'm saying? You, you, it, yeah. I mean, if you have a luxury of doing ten takes, you're gonna find magic. Doing <laughs> right. But but if you have only the luxury of three takes, rehearsal is key, man. Um, a lot of times the actors would meet after, you know, and go, we have a scene tomorrow, and we we'd read together and just kind of like work it out together and see what can come up. And um, you know, a, pre a prepared cast is a good cast. And, and things and things cut and things come up like that, you know. Um, even even in theater or, or, or in TV, you know, if, if if you have the luxury to do rehearsal, uh, magic magic happens. So, yeah. How long Definitely. a rehearsal period did you guys have? So we rehearsed. We started rehearsing about three weeks out from production. Uh, we did two or three. I want to say two full table reads. Um, maybe three table reads. I can't remember. It was kind of was getting kind of far back, but we definitely did at least two full table reads. And then, like Danny mentioned, you know, the cast we kind of broke up amongst ourselves. So one thing we did, and I give Shaquita uh, credit for this, she did um, little sessions basically. So we broke down scenes and before we started shooting, and based off the cast availability, we just had different cast members come out to her house. And we just rehearsed different scenes. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, we did the whole cast, if not more than once. Definitely everybody had a chance to do that once. So that helped tremendously. Um, so all in all, I'd say we spent hours rehearsing each scene. Wow. Between That's the table read and between, like, all the way to the pre-scene rehearsals right before we shot them. 
we spent a good deal of time on each thing. That's pretty unheard of. That's really great that you were able to work that in. We made it a big priority this time around because one time we learned one thing that we learned from Troop the Double Dare, which was a great film, but we didn't put that much time into rehearsing and it kind of showed in the final product. And so we said, like, this time we just want to make it a bigger, way bigger priority. And moving forward, that's how we're going to operate from now on. And, and I'm sure, I was about to say it, I'm sure every, every future production you're always going to have that. I know I will. Absolutely. And it's interesting because I was talking to someone saying how much I admired a director because of the rehearsals that he made sure was in every movie. And this was a personal conversation, and they said, well, that person's obviously a theater director, not a film director. You you, you can't do that. And I'm, now I'm hearing you guys saying it, and it makes me feel so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if, you work, if you work on a TV show, um, you know, let's, let's, let's pick any half-hour sitcom, for example. They have a week to rehearse mm -hmm. and, and fine-tune. So by the time they're there on Friday, I mean, all they do is rehearsing all week. That's right. This line didn't work. This joke didn't didn't hit. Let's rewrite it. Whatever. By the time Friday comes, they're on point. Boom. So I'm all for it. I mean, they, the bigger productions I've heard, the big productions, the hundred million dollar budget, the fifty million dollar budgets, they have they can do up to ten takes. Yeah. Or what am I talking about? Ten takes. They can go up to up to twenty takes if they want it. Yeah. Different angles, different this, you know, different coverages, whatever, and and and, and get and things happen that way too as well. So. Um, yeah. And then you hear the um, stories about like the directors, like your Stanley Kubricks and maybe your James Camerons, about they might have did sixty or seventy takes just to get the smallest little minute detail. That's, right. that's Kubrick. Kubrick. Kubrick was notorious for you know fifty takes, sixty yeah. takes, more. You know, Hitchcock, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh, Hitchcock was unique though. Hitchcock. Yeah. He had the whole movie shot in his head before he even cast it. <laughs> he was a mastermind. Yeah, no he, doubt about it. He, 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 his thing was doing storyboards. He would storyboard a film prior to, so if you, if you shot the storyboard, you would have the movie that he was about to film. Yeah. And you knew exactly what he wanted, the closest that he wanted, the, the, mm -hmm. the scenes he knew exactly. And then he would just film the storyboard. So he, he, was, he was great. But with that, right. he also was able to fine-tune and so what was working and what wasn't working. So Right. Yeah. It was funny because I remember Doris Day talking about Hitchcock and The Man Who Knew Too Much with Jimmy Stewart. They uh -huh. cut this entire thing of dialogue in the um, concert scene because Hitch wanted to hear the orchestra. He said, oh, wow. we already know what's going on behind the scenes. We, we the, the audience is already seeing it. I just want to hear the orchestra. So, you know, have the reactions, and that's all. He just said, just have reactions to what you you know is going on behind the scenes. I want to hear the music. I was like, whoa. He was definitely right. ahead of his time, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why he's, he's Hitch, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. that's right. I, it's, it's very, I love, um, the person to listen to about those people It was the late Peter Bogdanovich, because he interviewed them before he became a director. Um, oh, yeah, so he, him, he even does their voices, It's I mean, did. 
Uh, he was amazing, too. I mean, my favorite uh, Peter Bogdanovich movie is, I know you guys are going to think I'm silly, but What's Up, Doc? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. What's Up, Doc? Is a, is, What's Up, Doc? is a very funny movie. It, it showed Ryan O'Neill for the first time that he could do comedy. They, no one knew that he could do it, and sure enough, he did. Of course, Barbara, you know, she could do comedy because she won an Oscar for um, uh, Funny Girl. Funny Girl. But, you know, for, yeah, Funny Girl, yeah, she won an Oscar for that, her first ever film. But yep. that oh, was wow. Ryan O'Neill's first first uh, foyer into into comedy, and he was fantastic in it. And they even made Great fun film. of Love Story, too, so I just thought that was as an oh, end Love of Story the movie. Was just, Love Story was the year prior, which I, is that, that, and he makes fun of it at one point when at the end Barbara says, you know, uh, uh, oh, has it, being in love means being in love never means never having to say sorry. And he goes, "That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard." Yeah. And a year prior, that's what it, and a year prior, that's exactly what he said, and it made the film like so famous for that line. So I'm kind of a movie buff. Yeah, it was it was great that you did that. I'm kind of a movie buff, so I know too. I know things about movies. So yeah. That's one of my top favorite. I mean, I love a lot of Bogdanovich. I mean, The Last Picture Show and all that. But I don't know. There was that is one of my go-to movies. If I'm down, if things aren't going right, I will put that on my DVD player and and just laugh for a couple hours, you know, because it's just it's non-stop comedy. Before there was that kind of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 slapsticky without it being slapsticky. It's not quite there, but it's 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 good comedy. It's Ramon, if you get a chance to see it, watch it. And then see Barbara at the top of her game, Ryan O'Neill, and uh, you know. Uh, introducing. I, I, think was, I think that was Madeline Kahn's first movie. Introducing Madeline Kahn. That's what I was gonna say. It's just, and she's yeah. so amazingly fantastic in it. Yeah, she she's a pure character character actress. You know, uh, uh, not for nothing. I mean, just going back to switch that love. We had a lot of great character actors on that on that on, on our film um, yeah. people who you know have years of experience as, as actors uh-huh. and they just all bought a lot of different energy and a lot of you know very different unique characters so it was really nice to play off of them yeah. um, a lot of fun and and our after parties were great remember remember our after party though the dancing we did how much oh, fun man. we had that was you know? yeah yeah, yeah. That, 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 that was that was a good time yeah. I love character actors. I think they're the most interesting. <laughs> yes. They're the ones that usually I feel work the most, you know, because they always have something to something different to contribute. Yeah. yeah. And like I was saying, yeah. I think Madeline Kahn was a character actress. I mean, she, she, could, she, she was, was, she was a question. leading lady, but she was also a character actress. I love yeah, it. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, I will. I've never seen it, but you guys are definitely making me want to take a look. Oh, you got to see that movie, Jamal. Got it. <laughs> Um, okay. Okay, so the movie. Um, when is it available for everybody to see? How is it available? Is it is it streaming? Is it theater? Is it both? Give us the lowdown. <laughs> so it is available for streaming on Amazon Prime, and I think it came out um, a little bit after Valentine's Day, so it hasn't been out too long at all. From the reports we're hearing, is doing very well. So thanks to everybody who's tuned in. Shout out to everybody all over the world. We hear a lot of people in Europe have been watching it. Go figure. So you know, we'll take it. But um, it is available for streaming on Amazon Prime. And 
and that's probably where to be at exclusively for now. And then eventually, we were thinking about a couple of other streaming sites, maybe Tubi, um, but definitely Amazon Prime for right now. Is there is it possible it might be in a theater, or is that out of the question because of the environment and what's going on with COVID and everything? Well, we still were discussing possibly doing a theater run. COVID definitely threw a wrench in that plan, but uh, who knows? Maybe maybe we'll do like a two or three week run in the theaters um, in the near near future. And if that's the case, we'll definitely put the word out. But right now, we don't have any solid plans to have it in theaters. Is there a website where they can go to where they can find the movie and 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 find information about it after they see it on um, Amazon Prime? Yes, so we have a website. It's www.loudfilmsinc.com, and we also have a an Instagram page for the film, which is you know very good for fans. It's more uh, you know seeing us on set, seeing us filming. I'm just going to peek into the production process so they can check that out. That is, um, Danny, what is our Instagram? I feel horrible. Um, Instagram is just switched at love. S-W-I-T-C-H-E-D at A-T love, L-O-V-E. Come by and check us out. Yes, yes. And um, also, we're coming to the end. So um, could I have... um, Whoever wants to go first, your social medias, your website, all that good stuff. All right, so my Instagram, at least my film Instagram, is directed by Jamal. Directed by Jamal, everything's spelled normally. And Danny? My Instagram um, is uh, Mr. Danny Arroyo. I'll spell it. It's M R Danny, D A N N Y Arroyo, A R R O Y O. Uh, give a give a follow or, or you know reach out and I'll and I will get back to you and I uh, hope you guys get a chance to watch Switch That Love. It's, it's a it was a labor of love. <laughs> it was uh, uh, a lot of people who you know who, who enjoy acting, who enjoy the process of filmmaking, uh, our cinematographer. Shout out! I mean, the least I can do. Let me give some shout outs to some some of our our people here. I mean, uh, yes, yes. Uh, Shakita Smith played Carla, Jackie O played Ariel, Mike Merrill played Cantrell, Candace Marie Singleton played Nicole, Khalid McAdams played Eric, Crystal Wilson was Miss D, uh, Brittany Level was Lulu, Jason Louder was Mello, Serafina King was Hazel, Tiana Griggs was Diana, I'm going to not get this last name correct, but I'm going to try it, Nadia Jermasmenko was Marina, Rafael Gunn, Derek, EJ Dafibrio, tell me with that one. Do you know EJ? Dafibrio, I believe. I believe that's. Dafibrio was Raymond. Yeah, Cedric Boswell was our bartender. Uh, Jeremy Rudd was our neighbor, and Nathan Rudd was our police officer. These are great, great people. And shout out to Stuart Clemens, who was our cinematographer. Mm-hmm. He was great. Um, and uh, you know, of course, Edward. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking to get like, filmmakers. Um, uh, Edward J. Williams was our boom operator and sound mixer and of course Marcus Collins who's the writer and executive producer for uh, Switch That Love you know appreciate everyone here it takes a team to to build the kingdom you know that's beautiful I like that um, okay 
uh, and uh, very quickly, do you have any kind of um, events or film work, TV shows that are coming, anything that's coming up that you can give a little plug to that people can see, either one of you? Um, yeah, I have um, I have a TV show called uh, Sangre Negra, a.k.a. Black Blood. That means Black Blood in Spanish. Episodes. That's supposed to be coming out at few months. Fingers crossed. Uh, episodes are just matter of the homework. A film called Writer, uh, which I shot in Utah. They're about six weeks filming. That should be having a release. Uh, fingers crossed. Nobody's <laughs> uh, Angels, which I mentioned prior to, where I met Shakita, Shakita and. Um, so, look, we shot that one two years before we just switched that love, and that still hasn't found a home yet. But that project a great action film. And not least, I have another film called Day Labor, which I spent a month and a half, a month and a half or six weeks in Mexico uh, filming. I played the lead role in that one, and uh, that's an exciting film. So I've got like four projects I'm waiting to come out. Fingers crossed that they come out sometime this year. Great. That's awesome, Danny. Awesome. I'm be looking forward to all of those, sir. And um, yes, yeah, so I my appreciate end, you. Thank you. No doubt, man. No doubt. On my end, I have. Um, so I just put out a short film last month called A Love Potion. It's kind of like a dark comedy. Um, you'll find that on my Instagram page, directed by Jamal. Um, and as far as feature-length films with Loud, my production company, we are in. Well, we're not quite in pre-production yet. But we will be soon. That's the game plan for our next film called Dirty Thirty, which is kind of like a, a raunchy comedy, if you will, kind of like a bridesmaids meets um, hangover type vibe where you have a young lady who's turning 30 years old and she's celebrating the birthday um, with her friends for like a crazy night out. So the working title was Dirty Thirty. We'll probably end up changing it, but that film, that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do it. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. I, I had a great time. Thank you for even taking the time, and uh, I hope you live your very happiest and healthiest and most thriving life. Thank you. And, and thank you for chatting with Sherry. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.